I'm here in the studio with my lovely guest, Amanda Croker. And um, mm. we are going to take you through the next hour. So hope you'll stick around and stay with us for the next hour. Um, I'm delighted to have you here today, Amanda. Um, it's, um, you are a play therapist. Uh, you work in Dublin and you work in a lot of schools and with families and um, your um, it's psychotherapy centre. Yeah, you work in yeah. psychotherapy centre and uh, you practice um, your you practice a blossom therapy, is it? Mm -hmm, and social yeah. skills and yeah, in Blanchetown and you're from Dublin yourself. You're from Blanchetown, is it? Uh, yeah, I'm from Dublin myself. We have the social skills groups in Blanchetown, Dundalk and Baldoyle as well. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm really interested to talk to you because obviously you know, social skills and children and their mental development and everything else is so important from mm. from young, for as young as possible going back. And I think play therapy is a dr definitely a way to kind of go about that and introduce new ways to kind of for children to interact and uh, to mm. learn new yeah. skills that way. So, um, yes, yeah, so welcome to the show anyway. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. So, um, yes, where do we start? How, how far back does this go? When did you discover this love for um, children and um, this, this role in, like, have you been doing this yeah. long? So I suppose my love for children started a long Aww, time ago. I've yeah. always been around children. So my mum would have been um, a childminder and provided after school services. So we always had children in our home. Yeah. I was always just fascinated by them, um, mm -hmm. watching children, you know, they're entertaining, you know, the way they think, how they interact with others. Um, yeah. So I've always just been Brilliant. fascinated by them. Yeah. Um, so how I got into play therapy was I went to an introductory day and fell in love with it straight away. So I went on to do my degree then in All Hallows College. And um, yes, yeah, so it all started there a good few years ago now, 10 years ago, possibly. Um, so I started then doing um, placements in different schools around Dublin. So working with children with emotional difficulties, behavioural difficulties, um, delayed social skills and mental health difficulties. Um, so it's just grown from there. Yeah, because I can imagine there is so many different um, issues that young children are facing now. And uh, it's one of those things I, I can't imagine it's an easy job to kind of have to deal with that. And, um, you know, how do you go about it? You know, you, you know, you suppose you've you've had to learn a lot of things along the way and how to deal with children's emotional needs. And uh, it is a difficult one, isn't it? Because you hate to see them in any sort of distress. So what do you find is predominantly one of the main sort of problems you're finding in young children? Um, at the moment, a lot of children are referred <coughs> to me with um, anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, from the ages of sometimes as young as four. It's so very scary. Yeah, children in preschool. Um, and what sort of symptoms would they would they have anxiety? How how would that show that, with themselves? Yeah. Hmm. Um, so it does vary, but um, some children would feel anxious going to new settings. Hmm. So they would become quite mute. They wouldn't engage. They hmm. might be, you know, clinging onto mom's leg. Yeah. Um, they might become very distressed. But separation anxiety is a big one as well. Huge. It's huge. massive, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Others that are a little bit older would be able to verbalise how that feels for them. Mm. So, you know, their heart is racing, their palms are becoming sweaty, you know, they're overthinking situations. Yeah. They're literally talking themselves out of situations. So talk themselves out of going to places. So whether that's going out with friends or going to a party, things like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it means then they're, they're not going to places. They're not integrating. They're not engaging with others. 
And it puts so much pressure on the parents as well, because I think that it's very hard to know how to deal with that situation. I know myself, I have a little boy who um, he, he used to kind of, he was very clingy to me, very, very attached. And the anxiety that he used to have starting out and play in, in Montessori was really, really bad. You know, it was such, I would think I was in a worse state than he was, you know, but it's very, very tough on parents. Yeah. Um, obviously, the little, you know, you don't want to see them unhappy and it's a, it really is, it's a very tough one. How do you deal with those sort of situations and what would you suggest? I know that you're going to go through the show and you're going to talk about different ways for parents to be able to deal with their children. Um, but one thing, the separation anxiety is one that I'm sure a lot of parents listening in today are desperately, they're bringing their kids to school, their little one, and their little one is having a problem going into Montessori or school and um, how would you suggest they deal with that situation? Mm. So a lot of parents um, that come to me have a lot of anxiety themselves. So this is huge. Mm. Um, And children feed off that. They feed off the energy that they're surrounded by. Makes sense. So one of the things that I recommend for parents is working on themselves, calming Mm. themselves down. So if they can learn to regulate and calm themselves, Mm. then they can show their child how to do that as well. So if they're going to, say, Montessori, mum and dad, taking a few deep breaths, Mm. relaxing, changing the language that you're using is huge as well. So instead of saying, oh, um, there's nothing to worry about, everything is fine, you're kind of heightening the energy around the situation. So just changing the language in terms of using more positive language. So, oh, you're going to go in and play. Um, What will you play with today? Let's have Mm. pick pick out your favourite book. What would you like to colour? So focusing on things that children really like to do and they like to play and that's actually really calming for children as well to play. So more so focusing on that, changing the language and always letting them know that you'll be doing something as well and you'll be collecting them. So you're going to go in and play. Mom's going to go for a walk and I'll see you afterwards. Yeah. So it's really simple, simple techniques like that that can really put a child at ease, make them feel comfortable. I'm going in to play. Mom's going for a walk or a coffee. I'll see mom afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I used to remember it, was, it actually worked quite well. My little fellow now, when he started out in school in particular, I used to say, well, <clears throat> we have to go in. We can't just not show up in school. So get him ready for school. Get him out the door because otherwise he'd build himself up into a terrible state. He didn't want to go in. Um, but it was a case that he was very, just wanted to be home. He was afraid of missing anything, you know. So he, um, I used to say to him, we have to get ready and we have to go to school because, you know, you can't just not show up. We'll have to tell your teacher that, you know, you're not, there's not, you know, and see how you feel when you get there. And it's just preparing. And I suppose if you identify with the child's needs and just not, as you said, I think, you know, we can kind of, you know, say, come on and, and it, it all depends on what way we deal with it and we have to handle the situation be the responsible one and to be able to kind of set things up like that and kind of talk about the positive things and say you know you know and, and, and give them something to look forward to after school mm. you know yeah. all these things are so important really but they do pick up so much from anxieties from parents and that is the difficult part because so many parents are struggling with anxieties and stresses but that has to change if you're going to want your child to change the behaviours exactly and it's always nice to have a little toolkit Mm -hmm. there of kind of calming strategies that work you know if a child Mm -hmm. is feeling anxious in in school when they're in school so they could have a or at home and you have a little box with things in it so Mm -hmm. things like bubbles so let's blow the bubbles together always try and go for a really big bubble because you have to exhale so much longer yeah so that's a huge one um, things like having something that you can squeeze 
something that you know little fidget things like that yeah um, and then the other one as well is you can't talk about your worries so you know draw down your worries write about your worries that's very interesting yeah yeah one of the yeah. activities that I would do with children is um, it's called butterflies in my stomach mm. because that's how it feels when you're worried and you're anxious it's the butterfly feeling yes. in your stomach so we get three different size butterflies a small one medium big and mm. um, we write down the things that cause um, us a little bit of worry so a little butterfly then a medium and then a large so the large one whatever that is that's the biggest so by creating that and putting it on, on a page we visually look at it and then yeah, say okay so how can we get this a little mm. bit smaller how can we reduce that feeling in our stomach mm. and then we'll have our little toolkit where it's like okay you can use your bubbles you can do a big stretch you can take a drink of water mm. so just having a few little things that you can um, used to really help it's the little things their body yeah. down. and it's having that, uh, that awareness as well where you know I'm not feeling just right now yeah exactly and I think that's the thing identifying with the emotion that they're feeling say that you know um, you know, th- that's okay everybody it's normal to feel that way in certain situations and if you can kind of get them to try and identify with how they feel and and, and, and I think the butterfly is a really good reflection it's a really good way for them to kind of explain th- the difference from size to small and mm. how they're feeling you know because we all know what that's like to have that anxiety that sort of butterfly butterflies in your stomach that yeah. sensation of dread or nerves and for, and for little ones not to be able to express how they're feeling it's just really difficult for them you know so for we have to be there Mm. we have to kind of suss them out and you know anxiety it's very very sad though that so many kids are actually going through the anxieties that they are but um, it's great that there is a lot more resources and there's a lot more as you said using the tools in the right way to approach it is uh, so crucial for us parents to kind of know Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole awareness so around it is really awareness. growing, which is great. This is it. So, where do you, where did you get interested in this? Like you said, it was. Did, did you start play therapy? Is it a, is it a few years ago, or is it just a recent thing? Or yeah, no, I've been doing it now for oh, um, maybe eight years. Really? Wow, yeah. my goodness, it's yeah. a long time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yes, and so you learn so much along the way. Yeah. So basically, you do your play therapy course, <clears> and <throat> you leave, and you have your qualification, but you have to keep on top of it yeah. the, ch- the amount of children different children that come in to you with um that are referred for different things so like that i will always have to be doing courses on anxiety courses around mental health Um, one of the areas i'm really interested in is working with children with autism and children with additional needs okay so um going off and upskilling in that area as well brilliant so mm. um and that's where I, I run the social skills groups which is um really for children that are have delayed social skills and interactions there yeah it's wonderful it's great it's fantastic and there's nothing like actually being on hands-on and actually learning from that experience because you see what works and what doesn't work and those kind of situations and those sort of stories i'm sure there's plenty of little stories you can tell us about you know things that have happened you've seen over the years as well um there's always some great stories behind it you know but um so basically, so social skills are obviously so important. With the play therapy, then they're all little sorts of games and things you would introduce. The butterfly is a good one. Any other things that parents out there that are listening in today that could actually sit down with their child and introduce as a really good kind of method? Um, in terms of the social skills? Yeah, yeah, I suppose, well, yes, social skills. Yeah. Or, or even just to a few different ways. I suppose social, we could start with social skills, I suppose. Yeah, mm. so... Um, 
one of the basics is really working on eye contact and spending time with your child mm. so working on that so I sometimes recommend different games where even you put a sticker on your nose and your child has to get it because they're gazing in and they're coming really close to you it's clever so mm. if are putting like little bits of um, baby lotion on your face mm. one two three and your child has to rub it in because they're really chewing into like the attunement there in terms of looking at your face and just building up the little connections yeah um, simple activities <coughs> like um, connect four so um, in terms of using it um, with turn taking so building up the social skill my turn your turn okay um, also um, you can do it for winning and losing but there's a huge element around winning and losing that we work with at the moment and um, a lot of parents put a lot of hype around winning you know when you okay. win you're the best you're fantastic mm. and then children are really struggling with losing absolutely yes so yeah. I use connect four just for turn taking and if you win great let's try again somebody else take a turn and you move on from it so there's not a huge hype around winning yeah because um, when you think of the brain and you win and you get all this praise and all the endorphins that yes. are there, and then when you don't get that when you lose children are really struggling with that of course they are yeah. so implementing mm. some really simple games like that at home even um things like x's and o's mm. another one very simple but very effective in terms of just building up turn taking building up a little bit of rapport mm. having some fun together spending some quality time together mm. ball games just rolling a ball to each other and asking questions yeah. so what's your favorite animal how was your day things like that just communication skills really and you know Years ago, it was all great because those are the kind of games we would have played and we would have been, it would have been social skills and our lives would have been so much, you know, different. We learned from early on socially how to deal with things and how to interact. But now I think the whole thing, you know, the, my next question is going to be about social, um, about the, you know, now the problem is we really are facing now is it's, it's a whole different ball game mm. because um, now the next generation, the generations are basically it's social media and it's like, children are now playing on phones or tablets or whatever the case may be and they're learning a different way so they don't have that same sort of interaction the same sort of communication the same goes with parents mm. which is really sad and we um, spoke about that earlier actually the sadness that so many parents are caught up with the social um, you know on social media and, and doing their work or whatever they have to do and you know we don't have the same a lot of parents don't have the same time to spend with their children and connect and have that sort of little moment of kind of you know and I think we really need to bring it back home to that because that's so important and if that's lost well then we're not going to teach our children the real importance and matter uh, the really important things in life and I think communication is crucial mm. what's your take on that yeah absolutely you probably find a lot of it yeah 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 um, yeah, there's so much now where we live our lives through our phones. Mm. Um, even if you are with your child, you might be, you know, taking photos of them and taking videos, which is lovely, but we're missing out on actually the human connection. So mm. the eye gaze, the smile, the especially with babies, goo goo gaga, that kind of thing. But you yes. need to keep on implementing that, whether you have a four year old or a 10 year old to really mm. nurture that and harness exactly. it yeah. and let your child know that I'm really here for you and I'm watching everything that you do mm. and just being really attentive mm. um, <clears throat> in terms of um, iPads and things like that you know we see so much of it now families going out to restaurants and everybody is just sad isn't it yeah looking into a screen and you know it's it is it's really sad to see because mm in terms of brain development it's not harnessing that it's not nurturing it and no. our brains aren't developing the way that they used to 
and we don't know what's going to happen down the road how is it really going to affect kids and they're younger and younger children are getting younger and younger when they're using these devices and they're just you know their their brains are the that's the thing that stimulates them and, and and puts them on a high and no other toy can really match that and unless we can really identify with that and realize that that is a problem and that's not you know it's 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 you know can't use that as a as a way to entertain our kids any longer we have mm. to take a bit more responsibility and look at building their confidence building their social skills and giving them real resources that are going to be able to help them in life if not we i think we're in trouble mm, absolutely do you see that for you seen that from very young on that very young on. yeah and even in terms of fine motor skills you know children mm. now one and a half they're able to you know open up a tablet and put in passwords and things like that but yeah. when they go to school they don't have the fine motor skills to be able to hold a pencil yeah so things mm. like that as well that we're really missing out on and when you think of say when we were children you go out and you're climbing trees and all those kind of gross motor skills mm. children you know they're not being exposed to that as much anymore it's no. a lot of the time children are kept indoors and screen time and things like that and um yeah all of our skills are really kind of getting delayed oh because of it. i know it really is it's 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 not good really is it we're going to take a little break now in a moment and um, we're going to take a, just a break and we're going to come back and talk more about what you do I think it's fascinating back in the studio hi there everyone it's Karina here on Together FM and I'm here in the studio with Amanda Croker talking all about play therapy and and children and um, their emotional needs and it's uh, it's really interesting to talk to you and hear all that you do because the play therapy is definitely a fantastic approach for children to be able to kind of communicate through to play mm. on how they're feeling and that's how they do these things you know it's creativity and using their the brains in a different way as mm. I said and we need to bring it back to the basics yeah. um, and, and just during the break you're talking we're talking about actually um, the, the screen time and it's very interesting because it is really it's gotten quite dangerous actually you know and I think that you know it's, it's the, the children are kind of being brought up with screens far too much they're not able to use the creativity side of their brain and they're it's, um, it's a bit worrying so yeah. But tell me more. Yeah, so, um, yeah, as we were talking there during the break, just about, um, um, I suppose, the hype around screens and mm. the love and the passion that children have for it um, and how we've kind of neglected emotional intelligence for a good few years. Mm. Um, with screen time, we've seen um, such a rise in kind of aggressive behaviours and anger, whether that's um, in the game losing a game or I find a lot of parents would tell me that when they um, try to end it so you know your, your time is yeah. finished it's six o'clock it's time for dinner and then there's a meltdown or a tantrum um, so we can all relate to that I have a seven, six year old who is like that you know and it's the case that the timer goes on certain length, length of time but there is a meltdown and it's just a complete disruption it's destructive what it does to them yeah yeah they don't understand why 
Yeah. yeah so I, I always recommend when screen time finishes to have a nice activity afterwards. So we're going to finish with screen time and we're going to do 10 minutes of and then have something. So coloring together, doing a puzzle, uh, reading a Great chapter idea. of a story. So <laughs> we're not just leaving it and going straight to dinner. Mm. We're leaving it. That's finished now. We're going to do some like real human interaction. Yes. And yeah. then move on to dinner or whatever. Is That's next. a fantastic tip. Yeah, so and you know it's something that some it's, it's such an, a very obvious one really but it's one that we don't really adapt and I think that a lot of people, parents won't even think of doing that but mm. like to kind of distract them and put their mind in a different direction and, and give them something else to look forward to doing mm. it's, and things that they forget about colouring yeah. and doing little games and stuff like that yeah. those sort of games are really important you know they mm. really are and it's about finding what works for your child so some children would need something that's nice and calming. Mm. Other children might need to do something a bit more energetic. So that could be something like, let's do 10 jumping jacks together. Yeah. Um, let's, you know, do bear crawls or even mm. even let's just give each other a hug. Let's yeah. just relax for five mm. minutes. It just depends. Every child is different. So yes, tuning yeah. into their needs and figuring what works. That's it. I would do with, the, with my kids now. I'd say, well, listen, go out and play the trampoline for a while. Or else it could be just a case of, yeah, just have a snuggle on the couch for a while before yeah. dinner. And, you know, little things like that. And they're just connections. It's just that connection, isn't it? Absolutely. Regardless yeah. of what it is, really. But um, little things like reading books. I suppose that's something that, you know, you could do during the day and, um, you know, spend a bit of time with play, you know, or Lego doing something with them like that. Yeah. You know, but participating with them. Mm. Yeah. is a good it's obviously a good one um, I'm delighted to see you brought some toys and a few bits a few bits, bits and pieces me. here yes yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually remember this little guy actually my kids have one of these guys here and he's um, he's a worry monster yeah. um, and um, he's brilliant because you know you can tell us about him so this is Wilfred the worry monster and um, children just absolutely love these so in a therapy session, usually we speak about what worries are happening, what's going on for the child that day or over the past week. Um, and we write our worries down or we draw a picture of them. Then we open this up and <coughs> stuff them all the way down the bottom. This guy loves to eat worries. He eats them at night time when everyone is asleep. Great. He gets rid of them. So the next morning when the children get up, they open them back up and the worry is gone. Brilliant. Isn't that really clever? Such a great, it's such a simple thing, but it's yeah. something that kids can relate to. And it's a, it's a simple, it's an easy way so they can write the worry down, get it off their chest. And that's like the emotional intelligence is writing down the emotion that they're feeling. So they're having a problem in, in play school, in Montessori, or, sorry, in school or whatever, yeah. I suppose that the time they're writing down at school or there's some sort of an issue to write it down. And it's just like, it's like, it's gone. Exactly. And that's it. That's one of the biggest things is um, with the work of, say, Dan Siegel, he always says, name it to tame it. Okay. So if you name the emotion, name the, the feeling, put it out there, mm. automatically you're letting go of it. Okay. So it relaxes you. Um, so this is great for that. Great. And it it's interesting because I think uh, there's a movie called Is it Inside Out. Yes. And that's a very good little movie um, because it talks about emotions and kids can, you know, identify with those. Like there's an angry one, a happy one, and there's uh, there's all sorts of different ones. Yeah. You've obviously seen that movie. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, we yeah. use it all the time. And I'd say you too, actually. And how do you find that? How do kids find that one? They, they, they can, explains it. 
yeah and they can really relate to it mm. and and sometimes when children come into a session I'll ask, ask them how they're feeling that day or what happened during the week so something mm. good that happened during the week something not so good that happened during the week and how that made them feel and sometimes children find it difficult to talk about themselves mm. so if they can pick a character and yes. say I was this because this happened brilliant idea yeah, yeah it works really well so it's taken it away from them because sometimes children have a lot of shame and guilt when it comes to certain behaviors they might have done throughout the week that they're not mm. very proud of or how they acted so that could have been something like i hit my mom when i got really angry mm. or you know i kicked my sister and things like that yeah so it can be difficult for them to talk about it but if they can um label an emotion or a character and say yeah. i was this they're not um, holding on to <coughs> it and would you say now would you say to them um you know that's okay that's this is it this emotion explain to them about the emotion it's okay to have these emotions this that's what makes you human mm-hmm. normal like it's, the, everybody grown-ups have these emotions too and it's um it's okay to be not okay it's okay to feel these things because you'll learn by that or how would you explain that to a child about these emotions do you explain do you go into much detail about the emotion Mm, it really depends on the child and on the age mm. um, so usually what I say is um, it's okay to feel any and every emotion mm. but it's not okay to do certain things with that emotion okay. so it's not okay to hit somebody it's not okay to hurt somebody else and then what we do is we'll label the emotion and we'll look at different things that we can do next time so mm. next time I get angry instead of hitting my mom, I can punch a pillow I can run up and down the stairs. So especially when it comes to things like anger, we do a lot around body awareness. So where is the anger in your body? So we basically start with the head and work down. So do you get a headache? Do you shout? Do your ears go a little bit ringy? Um, Does your heart start racing? Some children feel it in their arms, so they're the punchers. So you know, punch a wall or punch another person. Um, do they have a horrible feeling in their stomach um, your knees do your knees go shaky or do you feel it in the legs so they're the children that really stomp around and kick it's great though that you're you talk like this to them because then they can identify and say oh god that's actually how I'm feeling it's like yeah. any of us if somebody can say is this how you're feeling you know and somebody actually gets you and somebody actually knows oh god yeah that's okay then I, that's a normal way to feel like you said legs exactly. shaking the heart beating a certain way you know you're, you're having these sort of anxiety attacks and, and to be able to talk them through the process and you know of of yeah. that, that, that emotion you know happens and it's not just you because that's very often what I know that people and especially young children would probably feel Mm, on their own exactly and it's like we're humans this is what humans experience but what is it for you so fine-tuning what it is that they're experiencing Mm. and then once they do that then we can say okay so you feel anger in your um your legs and you shout so you feel it in your throat and that's anger for you Yes. that's how anger presents for you mm. so what can we do next time you start to feel you know your legs going and your your throat going and things like that um, and finding strategies to help calm them down right. and drawing yeah. their body colouring in where they feel it um, that's a huge part of it as well that we would do and being very creative around it's great isn't it the creativity and they are so creative little ones you know I Absolutely. know that the problem is they get older now that's kind of stumped out a bit isn't it so yeah. to try and kind of get them early on and try and get them to address those emotions and discover how they feel and talk about it. Mm. And um, and it's great that you, you, you use those exercises. Is there any particular book, we're looking here at books here as well, is there any particular book that you would suggest, anything that would give parents advice and tips on on ways to kind of 
deal with certain situations in children's like anxieties and things because I know you brought a whole collection here and yeah um, um so there's a couple of <coughs> ones that I have um this book here I love it's called Wilma Jean the worry machine and it's about this girl called Wilma Jean and it goes through her day her anxieties and worries and how it affects her body so there's some mm. and uh, let me just see here so they call her the pickle face so her face goes like a pickle so it scrunches up it's mm. very tight her stomach is in knots there's a lock around it her legs are twisted things like this. yeah so it's quite funny as well yeah it's, and it's funny and, the, and, and yet it, it goes through how she's feeling how she she takes how she behaves and her behavior and exactly and um yeah it's a, a lot of children can really relate to it so yeah. when they read through it they're they're thinking okay i get this as well mm. you know my stomach is in it up there so, now just yeah. so everyone can see it this is it wilma jean the worry machine so this is it here one to be recommended so that's good yeah it's good to have these little books that you can actually go through them because like obviously different stages kids will have to experience different things so too exactly mm. and then at the end of it which is the page i was looking for there um it's great because it goes through worries I can control and worries I can't control. So um, really looking at, okay, what can I control and what can't I? So the weather, mm. <laughs> you know, we can yes. control the weather. Yeah. What other things you can control? So, um, you know, a test. Well, I can prepare for the test and I can try my best. Mm. So changing your attitude towards it and changing the language that you use towards it as well, Very good. Um, which mm. can really help. Brilliant, brilliant. That's great. Great little book. And any other ones? I know you've got a few others there. Any other ones for kids in particular? Yeah, for <coughs> kids in particular, I have um, the Louise Shannon. Because it's nice books. to be recommended books, isn't it? Like we all like to be recommended books. It's particularly ones that um, the children can actually identify with. So um, I would, yeah, highly recommend these ones from Louise Shanaher. Um It's always there. It's so always there. It's always there. This is it here. And the author on that one is, who is it? Uh, it's Louise Shanaher. Louise, Sh all right, okay. Yeah, and these are great books. Um, they're books for teaching children mindfulness. Where is happy? I like that. I want to talk to you about mindfulness, actually, because I think that, obviously, that's that's the buzzword, isn't it? Exactly. And it's, uh, it's definitely, there's so much in mindfulness for, for children to be able to kind of reflect and, and take yeah. time out for themselves. And, mm. you know, would you do a lot of mindfulness now with the kids or what way? Yeah, and sometimes children come in and they actually ask for it. So they? they'll yeah. come in and they'll say, oh, can we do? And so they have an option of when they want it. So if they're having like a difficult day, they might come in and say, can we do mindfulness first yeah. and then go in to do something creative? Or can we do mindfulness in the, in the middle or at the end? Mm. So um, it depends they get to choose what way they want to do it so I could do a creative visualization with them and um, sometimes we listen to um, little clips on YouTube and other times we do mindfulness just about sitting still and being aware of our thoughts coming and going and things like that and then doing a creative piece around it as well and this book these books um, Louise Chandler's books are amazing for that um, and there's another one I don't think I have it with me but it's and about your emotions coming and going and okay. they're just coming and they're going so she calls okay. them visitors and that Very works good. really well so would you get the children then to sit in their seats and just try and talk to them to close their eyes and then talk them through the story of you know coming and going emotions say for instance there's a lady actually I interviewed there not so long ago and her name is Monica Rack amazing lady um, and she does sound meditation 
and it's she actually brought all her kit in and she was doing sound meditation here in the studio and it was just amazing like she's just fantastic but I've been to some of her classes and I think there's such a, such a lot to be learned from that I think children love music and they love that sort of and I think that that's definitely a great approach for every school I think every school should have well I think anyway every child every school should have a mindfulness room a room that children can go and reflect in and children can actually have some time out because there's so much to take in there's mm. so many things going on in their lives and they need to have that bit of time out so I think it would be wonderful for every school to be able to have a mindfulness room I think it's something that we we really need to be important more emphasis on mm. um, and it's something that um, I think that the, the sound meditation is so lovely because the sounds and children can actually make their own sounds with wind chimes and little bells and just the bowls and making these sort of sounds and it's a wonderful sense of you know um you know letting go and the sounds are it does such a lot for you but yeah. in, com- in conjunction with the set sa- the, the voiceovers and, and talking about the visualization yeah but it is great do you use that at all would you use sounds at all or um well as part of your play therapy toolkit mm. so we would have um music so lots of different musical instruments so percussion instruments drums things like that and um, we also have um like a dress up area we'd have art area and um, we'd have a sand tray so we have a little bit of everything that's great but I do find music <coughs> can work very very well it can be really healing and really therapeutic mm. even just using a drum together you know when a child comes in we have a lot of sessions that will be non-verbal sessions um, and that's the thing about play therapy is it's not a talking therapy so you can have sessions that are just based around music just around being creative but it can still bring about healing and change and enable mm. a child's full potential yeah. through that. And we'll go into more detail now in a little while, we'll take a little break for a song, but I think I just really want to know like how frequently, like how often would the children come in to see you and how often would you suggest, like if there's, if there's a child suffering with anxiety, um, would it be a case that, you know, would you teach a lot of the practices to the parents to be able to bring back home with them? Obviously there's some great tips you shared already today, which I think are so valuable. Um, but you know, for play therapy, it all depends on the child, I suppose, you know, mm. but um, would it be a case that you you take children in on a, an early basis or is it a case that it's a day thing or, you know, what way yeah. would you normally operate on a one-to-one or is it group sessions or does it, does it very much depend? Yeah, so it really depends. So mm. a lot of the sessions that I do will be one-to-one sessions. So we try and keep them the same time every week. Um, and a lot of sessions will be around 12 sessions, around 12 therapy sessions. So that works in terms of we would have three sessions that would be intro sessions. So getting to know each other, getting to know the space, getting to know me, mm. um, getting to know the boundaries and the limitations of the therapeutic space. And mm. um, then we have the part in the middle where the therapeutic intervention is done. And then we'd have three at the end, which are our ending, winding down, going through the previous sessions and um yeah preparing them then for you know moving on yeah. and using the skills that we have because that's it it's like giving them a little toolbox and yeah. giving them the skills to be able to bring them home and be able to kind of you know adapt that in their own lives and going forward mm-hmm. and helping them yeah. so it's like building resilience in them and giving them the little preparation preparing them for emotions and things feelings they're going to have to deal with i think it's something that every child should have well this is the thing this is the thing it is every child can benefit from play therapy and sometimes parents would ring me and ask oh well um should they come i'm not sure and it can Mm. it can be used with children that have have difficulties at the moment so emotional behavioral social difficulties like would this be so beneficial for any school to be able to take somebody 
into the classroom and be able to carry this on for over the week, say 12 weeks with a group of children. You could do it with a classroom and yeah. show you could do so much with them. Yeah. But be able to be able to do that would be phenomenal. I think there's not enough. I've, OK, mindfulness is a bit more. It's, it's obviously it, they realise how the importance and the value and what it what it does for children. But, you know, to actually introduce these sort of skills, preparing them for real life, for for their years ahead should be where the core of the educational system should be looking and changing and reforming and looking at ways to do it. And play therapy is a fantastic. So it's just it's mm. not a non-brainer, really. That's the way we should be looking. And that's the way you should be going. And that's the thing. Every child can benefit from it. So is there many schools that are, you know, that you're in at the moment or? Um, yeah. So at the moment I'm in schools in the mornings. So um, I'm in schools in Cromlin, Blanchardstown, Scaries. Um, so there is more of a demand for play therapy at the moment, but it's just the lack of funding that's there. Mm-hmm. That's really unfortunate. Um, and it should really be pumped into children at that age that Absolutely. are in primary school mm-hmm. instead of, I think what's happening at the moment is children are going through primary school, becoming adolescents, all of a sudden they're hit with anxiety, depression. They haven't got the skills. They've yeah. never been taught any. Mm. And that's where we're having huge problems at the moment. So something really needs to change. And we're back, back in the studio. Hello, everybody. It's Karina here on Together FM. And I'm here with my lovely guest today, Amanda Croker, talking about uh, children, play therapy and um, and so, so much more. And I think um, it's been very interesting listening to all these amazing tips that you've given us already. Um, and I think that it's a case that more and more, want to, more and more of us really want to know what sort of tips and what sort of things to take away and what we can kind of introduce, bring into our own homes to help our children. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they suffer with anxiety and there's so many different things that our children are struggling with, you know. So is there any actually little story? Why do you have a little story of one little take uh, around a child that you may be, you know, funny little story that you might have come across or um, and I won't ask you about tips as well any more tips because they yeah. are very valuable but you must might, might think of a little story along the way because we oh, all love those little so nuggets many don't we? stories yeah um, they're so entertaining kids and the things they come out with and the things they do and yeah and um, but you know it's it's working this is the thing it's yeah. helping children and it's making a difference is there anything any sort of follow-up then afterwards do you see get to see the results of what the work that you've put out there do you get to see any of the children coming back to you and parents coming yeah. back and saying that's that's the magic isn't it absolutely so um yeah one day i was um in the in the park and i saw a family come along and um yeah i was just having a chat and it was a, a, a boy that i had worked with and um yeah and the mum was coming over just you know saying thank you and i worked with um this boy in early intervention you know so he had a lot of behavioral difficulties um a lot of anxieties uh, and you know a couple of uh, diagnoses um so after these 
I think it was five years since I had seen him. And now he's in school. He doesn't have an SNA anymore. He's having, you know, chats, interactions, uh, engaging, holding eye contact. And um, yeah, I suppose to see that was was huge. It was really rewarding to be able to um, see when you put in the work when children are really young and give them the tools um, that they can use Mm. them. And are we okay? There you go. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, you're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That's the thing. You know, that's when the magic happens. And that's when when you see when you see the children are actually what, what they're getting from this and what, how they're changing and how it's helped them in their yeah. own lives. That's where um, yeah. it just gets so interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's magical. With the social skills groups, we would have children that would come that would have, you know, low, low confidence and self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And um, then when you see them after X amount of sessions and, you know, they're, they're picking their songs and they're doing movements and they're nearly taking over, you know, and it's great to see how they yeah. can really just transform and build up on those skills. Um, so yeah, it's really rewarding, I suppose, in terms of looking back and seeing the yeah. children that I have worked with and where they began and where they are now. Fantastic, because you're not only just changing that child's life, you're changing everyone around that child's life, the parents, yeah. the family, you know, and it's a ripple effect, you know, to make a difference in one person's life, mm. you know, and it'll, it'll, take, it'll take them through, you know. But um, yes, I think um, training, or we we're talking a bit, Alan had a question in the studio here about training, you know. Um, anyone listening today that wants to know more about how they can actually train and play therapy is there any particular work what did you, how did you start out or how did yeah so um there's a few different routes that you can go it's a postgrad diploma so one thing that i would recommend is doing um either the int- introductory day or weekends or weeks that they have and mm. um, so there are some that's in the children's therapy center um, and the other one is in Marino. So there's two separate places that you can go. Brilliant. So doing a lot of research, linking in with other play therapists. Um, you know, play therapy um, can be quite broad in terms of the children that you work with. So um, for me, I would do a lot of work um, with children with autism. And that's just an area that I love. Um, I also love working in schools. Other play therapists would work a lot with children um, with trauma or eating disorders. So really looking into, I suppose, how broad it is and the variety of options that you have afterwards. Yeah. Um, and seeing what's going to work for you and what your interest is. Yeah. yeah, because that's it. It is so broad, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. There's so much to know. It's so complex because you're dealing with so many different sorts of situations. But I think that's interesting talking about autism and um, sorts of, you know, children. Every child learns differently mm. um, and, you know, learning um, and being able to kind of discover that they're okay there that they you know there, I know there are a lot of children that are have these sort of struggles and they are you know, they are autistic or Asperger's or whatever they're in the mainstream stream schools and they're feeling different mm. and they're feeling like they they don't fit in I suppose you know trying to how would you work around with them would you teach them things on acceptance and about how their learning abilities a different approach it's a kind of a holistic approach to teaching isn't it yeah absolutely um um yeah in the schools we do a lot around that and a lot around like as we were speaking about um like the social skills so working on and doing a lot of role play and reenactments and drama and preparing them for social situations so making friends maintaining friendships um looking at other people's facial expressions so what am, what am i now you know making an angry face and what would you do if somebody was angry so a lot around that and that's how we'd use play therapy in that sense um reenacting the the drama part of it the drama therapy side Brilliant. which can work really well 
um, and that's another part of play therapy which is art play therapy um, which does a lot around that so a lot about relationships and building rapport amazing the more and more you talk about this the more and more I think how important this is you know really is so important you know our schools are really you know they they need to kind of look at things differently and it needs to be a resource that's made available and if it's a case that you know I'm sure every parent out there would want this for their child absolutely you know and if there's some way that they can fund this and you know and get experts to come in on a weekly basis I know that you do anything Mm. you know we're teaching our children how to behave and how to cope and how to deal with things and to start from the young age I think is so crucial so I think you know what you're doing is remarkable I think we should have more and more people so I think we need to really kind of look at this um, yeah. you know trying to support this and trying to make it um, make it something bigger you know and definitely yeah you know, I, I would, would 100% back having a play therapist in yeah. every school every school it yeah. really should be something that every school has yeah definitely because you know, um, in, in secondary schools there are a lot of counsellors and therapists but in primary schools there's not we need prevention you yeah. know and prevention and, and, and building the resource and building those tools from an early on stage so you know all well and good to do that but realistically the, you know if you look at the sense that it makes it makes so much sense to actually have somebody like yourself going into the schools and, and dealing with the young children and giving them the ways to cope and to deal and to be able to relate to themselves and others because then they bring that is we always talk about it as planting a seed so you plant it mm. and you um, do therapy sessions with a child and when they're young when they're in primary school and they'll have that toolkit but they can bring that with them into adolescence they can they bring can. it with, yeah. with them into <clears throat> adult life so it's constantly going to be growing and flourishing and that's the most important thing is giving it to children when they're when they're young don't miss out on that and have them where they're adolescents or adults you know really bad mental health difficulties not knowing what to do reaching out for resources not being able to get them teach them to young children they'll have them forever absolutely absolutely it just just makes so much sense doesn't it mm-hmm. really does so my goodness and I'm sure there's so many people out there listening in today and wondering how can they find out more about what you're doing and where can they find you and where can they where can they go do you have obviously a Facebook page is how I connected with you yeah. so um, I'm sure you want to share some of those details actually just uh, yeah we could share them now and just put it out there yeah <clears throat> so um, you can connect with me through Facebook at Blossom Therapy um, so we have a lot of information there on the social skills groups that we run and we put up a lot of photos of the social skills groups so that parents get an insight into the um, the activities that we have and how their child is engaging with other children in the group. Um, so that's really beneficial, I think, for parents to see before they send their child to the group to, to see what we do and what we offer. Um, and then the other side of it is the one-to-one play therapy sessions that I do and you can link in with me there or um, so have info. a link in do you have a, a Facebook it's, so it's under um, Blossom Therapy Blossom is the Facebook Therapy page yeah and then Very the good. email address <coughs> is info at blossomtherapy.ie great I like that Blossom Therapy it's nice you know yeah. <laughs> so is there anything else you would advise parents out there that are listening in today you know I know that you brought yeah. some advice books that can be beneficial to read and I know that there's so many incredible books but to be recommended a book that's going to yeah. be beneficial I think is really really important and um, I think you've got a few to show us so yeah one of the um, books is a guy that I mentioned earlier on Dan Siegel um, it's called No Drama Discipline um, I actually have the workbook with me but he does have a, a book as well but the workbook is quite useful and um, so it has exercises activities and different strategies to help calm 
calm your child down and also to calm you down. Mm -hmm. So what happens a lot is in households, parents don't know how to deal with children's behaviours. So if you have a child that's having an outburst, sometimes parents end up having an outburst at the child too. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. there's, you know, two clashing. And next of all, we're as adults getting into an argument and a chaotic environment with a four year old and it's who's winning. You know, there's a real power struggle there. Um, so this book I would recommend. It's really simple, lovely activities. And again, it's about getting on the level of your child, understanding your child. So this is the thing. I think that's what's so important, you know, because I remember years ago when we were kids, it was children are seen and not heard, you know, back in the day. Um, and it was awful because kids weren't really, uh, you know, appreciated. I think now it's great, though, that we do have, we're at a stage now where we do treat little people as little people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we do talk to them face to face and talk but there can be that disconnect as well because we have another source of a distraction which is a lot of parents are on social media and they don't have that same connection that same amount of time which is sad but yeah so it really is a case of trying to look at ways to kind of spend time with your child yeah um, and really make that time count exactly and it's so different to what it was a few years ago it used to all be about time out and now it's time in Okay. So it was always you know that's I interesting yeah, yeah so mm. before it was like um, I don't like the behaviour you go and sit there and you think about it and sit on your step mm. in the kitchen. The naughty step. The naughty step. Yes. And a child will go there and um, supposedly think about what they'd done wrong and yes. process it and reflect on themselves, yes. which, you know, yeah. doesn't happen quite often. So now it's time in. So um, the difference is the child is having a difficult time. We're going over to the child. We're labeling the emotion. You're having a difficult time. You know, you lost that game or you're really tired or you're hungry. So we're letting them know what's going on. Okay. We're modeling the behavior that we want to see. Um, and then we're connecting with them. We're like, OK, let's do something together to help you get through this difficult yeah. time. Mm. You know, so it's, it's the great. calm to the storm. It is. It's great. My little fella now who's six, I would say that to him. I said, if, you, if you're having a ba- bad day, I always, always said it to my two anyway, you know, if you have a bad day in school or something bad happens, we'll always find something good to do, something good about that day. I think gratitude journals and things like that are very important for children as well. Gratitude, talk about what you're grateful for, because, you know, Rather than them ref- and looking at, because it's so easy for all of us to look at the things of the bad things, and a lot of people we dwell on what's the negatives. But if we can find something that we're grateful for, something that you know makes us happy, and mm-hmm. and focus on that more, and kind of home in on that. And that's an exercise you have to teach children. Yeah. Um, from early on, I think there's more and more talk about gratitude journals, but I can so see the importance. Can you see? The- Absolutely, yeah. gratitude and positive affirmations is another mm-hmm. one. Um, at the end of a therapy session, I will always get a child to say, you know, one great thing about them or about the, about the day. Yes. So and they can find it really difficult. Children mm. find it really difficult to say, um, I'm a lovely person. Yeah. I'm a great friend. I'm a great listener. Mm. Um, they find it hard to tune into that part of themselves. Yeah. I think as well. And the nice thing, actually, I remember, my God, as well, I was in transition year in fourth year many, many a long time ago. But it was um, it was something that we actually did an exercise in a retreat and it was exercise book and everyone had to say something positive and nice about each other. Yeah. And though I know it's difficult to write something about yourself, but for other people to say things nice about you, and I think it's a very good exercise because at least then you can find out what people actually think of you. Yeah. And then you feel it's better lovely. about yourself. But it's, I know we're running out of time here and we're just been given the queue it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today thank you for having me it's been great so lovely we think we've learned a lot from you today and um, thank you everyone for listening in today and I'll be back next week and I hope you have a good weekend bye bye